my best friend, the Holy Spirit. And uh, this led that little, uh, that little intro from the old show, Courtship of Eddie's Father, is uh, really just expresses what we want to happen throughout this series. To just, I want to just tell you about my best friend, the Holy Spirit. And we're just so grateful that God has given us your Holy Spirit. In fact, there was a, a, a little quote. We had some of our young men go on the Christmas that I was a part of last week, and they'd, they'd grabbed part of a song. In fact, it was Jonathan Huffman there on Facebook. He, he grabbed a line from this song and uh, says, uh, Jesus, Jesus, um, how we... I don't remember the whole song. Anyways, basically, the line I remember is, it puts in there, you have given us your spirit, we love you so. And anyways, that is the whole crux of this series, and I am very, very excited about getting into it. So why don't you grab your notes, grab a pen, we're going to be covering a lot of scripture today, and uh, get, let's get ready to rock. Um, there, I've, I've written for you this, the jump out, get it going line, it says, Jesus told us that it is so much better for us that he goes away so that the Holy Spirit will come to us, and we need to make sure that we are not ignoring the person of the Holy Spirit who wants to be our very best friend. We need to make sure that we embrace and we are aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit has been given to us and embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, Cutie and I spent the last few days, we got in from San Antonio, and we spent the last few days in San Antonio just on a little respite, just the two of us. We had had to reschedule that trip and uh, finally got to pull the trigger on it and make it happen. And my wife got to, to do a whole lot of her favorite thing, which is shopping. And somehow, I'm telling you, it's the work of the Holy Spirit because I walked through a ridiculous amount of stores for two and a half days and loved it. Man, you know, that's the work of God. I'm telling you, I looked at more ridiculous high-end purses. I'm like, I could buy a car for the amount of that purse. And, uh, I mean, we looked at just all sorts of stuff. We had a great time. But as we were there, we were there at the outlets in San, Antonio, in San Marcos. And there there's just this huge, it's like, the, it's like six flags for shoppers. It's just huge. And... We go there, and we're walking along, and there's just all these stores, and we walk past this store. It just cracked me up. We didn't go in it. It was the Oops store. And they were selling things that had somebody oopsed on. They were, they were misprints and all this stuff, and the bulk of it were books and that kind of stuff. And they had this whole rack, which is what totally made me laugh, is this whole rack of cookbooks that were Oops. I'm like, who wants to buy one of those? Who knows if you're going to get what it says that you're going to, you go to make some sort of a beef dish and you're like, hmm, it doesn't call for beef. I wonder how this is going to work. You know, you go to make some cake and you end up with glue because it left out the eggs or something. And anyways, I was just totally cracking up about the possibilities of living your life and cooking your meals out of an oops cookbook. And uh, it was just totally cracking me up because th you leave the wrong things out and you are not going to get the right results. It's just, there's just no ifs, ands, buts about it. And that's, as I was thinking about that, it's like, man, that's really the heart of what this series is about. We don't, we want to make sure there is a key ingredient 
in our lives. Jesus said it was so good. It is so much better for Jesus to go ahead and ascend to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can be here with us. And if we leave the Holy Spirit and the awareness of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit out of our life, that's one of the biggest oops you can ever do as a believer. We have to be aware of the Holy Spirit. So we're about to jump in the middle here of John chapter 14. Now you need to be aware, okay? That here of John 14, 15, and 16, all of this conversation takes place there during the, during the Lord's Supper, what we know over the Lord's Supper. This is Jesus in chapter 13, has washed the disciples' feet, even washed Judas's feet. Judas goes off to do his business, his betrayal business, and now he's there with the 11 disciples in all of this conversation. This wasn't public teaching. This is the, the, the teaching he did on the town square. There was 11 guys that got told John 14, 15, and 16. And set, spilling into 17. 11 guys that get told this. And so, and of course, they were the pillars. But he is about to go. This tape takes place about 9 o'clock at night. He is crucified at 9 a.m. the next morning. These are his last words. He is imparting this in. He spent all of this time, three and a half years with his disciples, and he's got his last hours, and he is pouring his heart out to his, his key guys here. And so this stuff is so important, and he begins to teach them how the Holy Spirit is going to operate in these chapters. And so we're going to just jump in here. Let's go ahead and look at John chapter 14. Verses 16 through 17. And it says, And I will pray the Father. Now we're reading out of the New King James Version here. And most versions translate pray as what it should be, which is ask. I will, that doesn't make sense. I will pray the Father. It's not the Father isn't a prayer. It's me. I will ask the Father. It's honestly what pray. You see, I, I pray thee to do something for me. It's I'm asking you. And it's I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. At this point, the Holy Spirit is dwelling with them. They're still right there operating under the last little bit of the old covenant deal. Jesus has not dined risen again the holy spirit is not available yet to live within them but jesus here is telling them right now the holy spirit's with you soon he's going to be in you then we're going to jump down to verses 25 through 26 it says these things i have spoken to you while being present with you but the helper yet again one more time the holy spirit being referred to as the helper helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. So here he is pouring out his heart there in these chapters, but then it goes ahead and lets them know, guess what? The Holy Spirit, when he comes in, he's going to remind you of all these things that I'm saying to you. He's going to bring this up out of you. I'm, I'm downloading it into you right now, but I, am, I want to make sure that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and then he's going to bring all of this unto remembrance now we see helper there but a lot of people may understand and be aware of a different term that the old testament and, and some of the new testament uses to refer also to the holy spirit which is the word the comforter 
the comforter. Most of us in our home to help kind of let us set this series up a little bit have something in our house that we call a comforter, right? Anybody here have a comforter? You know, some call it a bedspread, but you know, a comforter is it's a little it's a step up from a bedspread because it's nice and thick and cozy and cushy. And um, there in my house, we we my wife likes to get new comforters all the time. So we we go through these series where we get these different comforters, and now we've are so that we've had for a while. But um, and our, our comforter is, is folded up and looks nice at our bed and works with our bedding. But then at night we unfold it and pull that baby up. But there are other people, one in particular that I will remain nameless. My mother um, <laughs> has a beautiful comforter. And uh, she likes to keep it that way and will fold that puppy up and pull it off the bed and set it over to the side because that comforter, it's not for use. That comforter is for show. That comforter is to make the bed look pretty. That comforter is not for use. Now, most of course, some people in my house, the comforter is for use because I love to sleep with the comforter. Right now, in the middle of July, when it's 102 every night, I have my big, fat comforter pulled up to my neck and my air conditioner cranked down. <laughs> Why? Because I sleep good when it's crispy cool in the room and toasty warm in bed. So it's, I just, I do. That's when I sleep good. My rest is necessary. I enjoy it. And so and that, that, my comforter is for use year-round. Some people have seasonal comforters. Now, people, their comforter comes out in the wintertime, and then they put it away, and they pull out some sad little thin thing that they spread over their bed for the summer use. Not me. Uh-uh. That comforter, big fat sucker, is there to keep me toasty warm all the time. But a lot of us have different things in our house that, that aren't for use. They're, they're just for show. In my bathroom, my wife bought some new towels that is, I'm not allowed to use. They have all of the nice little pretties on them. They hang right by the shower. Real handy spot when you just step out to grab a towel. But no, the towels they're supposed to use are shoved away somewhere else. And I have to remember to get one of those out. These others that are not for use are the ones that are displayed. They're, they're there for show. Now, it's not like I said, some people, they have their, their comforters that way. We need to make sure. That the comforter that God has sent us. I don't care if you're an all-year-round comforter, fold it up, stick it in the corner comforter person, seasonal comforter person. I'm going to talk to you about the comforter of the Holy Spirit. And you need to make sure that that comforter is for year-round use. That you are there. It was given to us for use. The Holy Spirit abides within us for use. And we need to make sure that we embrace the workings and the operation of of the Holy Spirit. We see then also in John chapter 15, verse 26, that when the helper, again, a, a third time, the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a helper comes, <clears throat> I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth proceeds from the Father, and he will testify of me. Then in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And you need to understand this is vitally important. Let's get this John chapter 16 verse down right here. Jesus is telling his disciples he has gone through 
14, 15, and 16. He's laid out a lot of stuff here. But he says here in mid-16, in verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. You know what? That's why you and I, as we are growing in Christ, we so desperately need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There are things even with us that God wants to say into our lives, but we, on some of those things, we can't bear to hear them. There are things we are just not mentally ready to deal with, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. And you and I have to give room for the Holy Spirit to do that in other people. It's so easy for us to go through here and find truth, 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 and then just beat the dog out of each other with it. And saying, you need to lie, you're missing here, you're missing there, you're missing there. But so many times, that truth even that's laid out, the Holy Spirit hasn't gone there yet with them because they can't, they're not ready. They can't bear it. They're still dealing with this. They're still dealing with this issue. So we have to give each other room to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying that person, let, God, let the Spirit of God speak to them. And then God will begin to transform them and shift them and grow them up from the inside out. We have to make sure that we do that. We so desperately need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to share with you a few things that the Holy Spirit is for us. Obvious, we've already covered a number of scriptures that said that we're going to go ahead and just put it on here. He is my helper. He is my helper. Now, we have to understand how the Holy Spirit helps us because if we have a wrong view of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, then we aren't going to respond to the Holy Spirit correctly and we're not going to have our hearts vulnerable and pliable to the Holy Spirit. We have to, and we're about to frame out what the Holy Spirit does for us in a minute. Now, my dad, when he was younger, they used to take some, some really cool vacations and they were real whole real outdoorsy family they took a trip to yellowstone and went and saw all of that and they were big fishermen and whatnot and my dad was wearing up in yellowstone from what i understand don't matter what time of the year up there the water is cold i've not been but i hear it's just chilly so you're going to get out there and you're going to get in the water you're going to have these waders on so you can get out there and do your fishing and all this stuff my dad was out had his waders on out there doing his stuff, was walking around the, the river there, I believe it's the Yellow River, and uh, was out there fishing. And when he would get into that water and he was standing upright, and, and when he was doing what he was supposed to, when he was standing upright, and he had those waders on, well then they were providing all of this protection from the wet and the cold and all of that, which we understand a lot of people have that as long as I do everything, upright before God within the Holy Spirit is there and, and helping me. But then they have this, this other thing that they think all of a sudden that things can kind of really go south somehow with the Holy Spirit. Because my dad had used his waders, and, but then he decided to move on down and to do some fishing somewhere else and was walking along the bank. Well, as he's walking along, who knows what was going on, if, my, if he was just having some fun and whatnot and being a young man, or but he somehow slips, and he falls into, underwater, into the 
Yellow River, with the waders on. Okay, those waders had been a wonderful blessing. Whenever he was waded into the water and was standing upright. But when he slipped, all of a sudden now those waders were no blessing at all. In fact, they were a weight on him. They filled and they were holding him back. There was something for the thing to begin to pull him downstream. And all of a sudden, that thing was trying to pull him down and take him under. All of a sudden, he was busted. One little slip, and all of a sudden, it's just taking him out, taking him down. And he finally, the only thing that actually saved him from drowning is he ended up finding one little rock along the edge to grab a hold of and to be able to pull himself up out of that mess too many people think that the that the holy spirit we don't know if we really want to invite the ministry of the holy spirit because yeah we're standing upright and all's good but one little slip boy the holy spirit's gonna take you out gonna take you down you don't want you don't want to mess with this but see the thing is is what 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 frames us what helps us to embrace the ministry of the holy spirit this 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 rock this this anchor if you will we're about to get in that's going to frame what the holy spirit does in our life and jesus says it himself in john chapter 16 verses 8 and 9 we're going to roll through verse 11 it says and when he has come the holy spirit he will convict or the word can also be translated convince the world of sin righteousness and judgment let's stop right there all right if you have the wrong paradigm if you have the wrong paradigm that the Holy Spirit is part of this like God's like secret agent who's going to come out and kind of be with you all the time and just bust you if, you if you slip up a little bit, then you're going to read this one way. That the Holy Spirit's there to convict you of sin. Ooh, you better walk right. Of righteousness, you better act right. And judgment. If you don't, God's going to get you. You will read it that way. But that is not it. Jesus goes on and lays it out. Let's look at what that convincing us of sin, righteousness, and judgment is really all about. Because see, in verse 9 it says, Of sin, because they do not believe in me. See, the Holy Spirit is here. Nobody that's sucking oxygen and living this life has ever been apart from the presence of God. We have had the Holy Spirit here the entire time pulling us in and coaching us, pulling us towards the Father. We have the Holy Spirit here without. And he is, the Holy Spirit is here to convince the world of sin, that we are in need of a Savior, that sin is there. And because we do not believe in Him, that is it. You need a Savior. Believe on Christ. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing. That's why the first time we come to God, the Holy Spirit is bringing those stuff up to us. If you'll remember your first encounter with Christ, your real first encounter where you said, I need a Savior and you're it and I'm placing my faith, the Holy Spirit was there reminding you of the things that, you know what, you, you don't measure up to God. You need a Savior. There's a sin problem, and this needs to be dealt with. And Jesus is the answer. Believe in Him. That's what the Holy Spirit is there. In regards to sin, we're telling us that we need to believe on Him so we can step over from being out of Christ to in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the doorman. Hello! Come on in! You need to be in here. And we believe, and we step in, and we are in Christ. 
See, 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can cry out and believe on him except that the Holy Spirit has drawn us in. The Holy Spirit is doing that with all of us. Now we're going to get to the righteousness part. See, he's come to convict the world of sin and then convict of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 10, it says, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Now this righteousness is being in right standing with God. This isn't of righteous living. Holy Spirit didn't say the Holy Spirit's job is now to tell believers how and convict us of righteous living. Although the Holy Spirit does lead us in paths of righteousness for his name. Like as we see in the, in the Psalms. But on what this is saying is that it's to convict us, to convince us of righteousness, of our right standing because Jesus goes to the Father and we see him no more. The fact that we have an advocate before the Father, one who says, he's with me, our right standing is done. And the Holy Spirit's job is to live within us and constantly remind us of that. Why? Because Satan is going to try to come and keep us wrapped up at square one. And say, oh, you remember all that sin stuff? Yeah, you're still stuck there. No, I believed. And now the Holy Spirit says, okay, yes, you did that. Now you're righteous. You're in Christ. Now your right standing is there. We're not operating in this on trying to earn God's approval. The Holy Spirit is here to remind us that God loves us. And it's for us. And then the last one is of judgment. And it says of judgment in verse 11. Because the ruler of this world is judge. The Holy Spirit isn't here to say, oh, you're going to get it. You're going to be judged. You're going to be, you're going to get, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to give an account for all those little things. And that's not what the Holy Spirit is daily doing. He's reminding us and convincing us of judgment. Because the ruler of this world is judged. Because Satan has already been judged. His power over us has been eliminated. We are now free. We are not in bondage to that. We have been set free. And so to remind us, hey, guess what? Wake up. You don't have to be his slave anymore. He is judged. He's not sitting there and throwing judgment on us. It is reminding us that the one, the accuser of the brethren, he's the one that's been judged. We're turned loose. We're set free in Christ. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing all day, every day. And the world is saying, believe on him, believe on him. You need a savior, believe on him. Constantly drawing the world in. Once we're in Christ, you are in right standing with God and Satan has no authority over you anymore. He's within it telling us so that we can live the life that Christ purchased for us. The Holy Spirit is so necessary. Now you say, are you sure, Brandon, that this uh, ruler of this world, this is, the, this is Satan? And so we, we were just going to go ahead and cover that. Let's look at John chapter 12, verse 31. It says, now, the, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. John 14, it says, I will no longer talk much with you. 
for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He has absolutely nothing in me. He says, And where did my other scripture? Is there another scripture? Fuck, I cut one off. All right, never mind. Anyways, but there was a, uh, well, it's not in my notes. I'm so sorry. But that enough covers it. <laughs> he has nothing. There is no, no association with Christ whatsoever. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Constantly drawing us in, constantly reminding us, reminding us, speaking to us. The next one we want to cover is that the Holy Spirit is my friend and he's not weird. Now we want to, we want to get this settled right off the bat. Phase one, day one, we want to get this dealt with. Why? Because there is, there is this... When the, when the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit began to be embraced again by the church in the last three decades and really began to be embraced, I tell you what, Satan got so concerned, okay? Because when the Holy Spirit came upon the church in Acts chapter 2, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, everything began to just go south as far as the devil was concerned. Everything just began to just fall apart in his world. The, in fact, then the, uh, they're referred to there in Acts 17, 6. It says, And when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city and crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Whenever the church, whenever the believers got hooked up with the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden they began to turn the world upside down. This is something that our enemy does not want us connected with. See, in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit, and what? And spoke the word of God boldly. It changes things. It changes things. But there has been this stereotype that has come in that somehow that, that this weirdness is associated with really embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you, you dial it back. And those of y'all who've been aware of the ministry of the Holy Spirit for, for years, you'll remember that back when this was really embraced, there were kind of two groups of people that really embraced it. There was a group of people who just did not wear any makeup at all. They had all sorts of rules. They looked different in the world you could see them you could spot them across the store okay they, they just look different then there was another group of people who embraced the gift of the holy spirit and it's not that they wore no makeup they wore way too much <laughs> they went way too overboard there was some flashy overdone and it was back when it was first embraced it was like and it began to 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 differentiate in that if you were going to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit, then you were going to end up kind of slotted into something that just wasn't normal, regular, everyday life. But that's just not the case. See, so many times also it's that the, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be like for the, uh, for like the special kinds of believers. You know, you have the new believers, you know, and you've got, you've got the... You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, you got the new believers, and they, they get presented, and they, they need Jesus. They need a Savior. They need this, this, loving, this loving human guy that, that came to the earth. And so they get presented with Jesus. And then you've got the mature believers. And so you've got the mature believers who then are who they're really connected with the Father. And they understand that the, that the, that the Father is, and is, uh, wants them to be about the, the kingdom business. They want to be about kingdom business. They really embrace the ministry of the Father. And then for the eccentric believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And so and then for the, for the special believer, then you have, you have the ministry of the Holy Spirit and you have all of that. And it's just not the case. The Holy Spirit isn't for 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 strange things and so many times they believers in churches treated it like it was like the the christian uh like vegas you know that you, you know you just blame it on vegas <laughs> you just blame it on vegas well something kind of somebody did something kind of off the wall well, it was the holy spirit oh well, no but you're just weird it was you you're weird holy spirit isn't weird holy spirit's cool the holy spirit is awesome and uh so we need to make sure that we understand that the Holy Spirit is here to empower us, to, to <clears throat> lead us forward, that the Holy Spirit is our friend. Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, And we are witnesses of, this thing, of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Here it is, it's just, we're witnesses, and so is the Holy Spirit. We're, we're together on this thing. I love the way that <clears throat> Luke wrote that. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then Acts chapter 15, verse 28, it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to burden <clears throat> you with anything beyond the following requirements. There it is again, them just working in tandem, right alongside that he has sent this helper, this comforter, to be in our lives, to, to operate together with this, this Holy Spirit that, that empowers us, that gives us gifts. And we're going to get into to, to that, that helps produce love in our lives, that helps produce fruit to bring out the best in who we are that that's what the holy spirit does we're going to get into all that in the weeks to come but last of all as we come as a core set of understanding of the ministry of the holy spirit the last one we need to do and we're going to just cover these scriptures real quick real quickly is the fact that we have to understand that the holy spirit is my god now, if you come from a, from, a little, from a wrong background, you're like, well, Brand, this is, this is so easy. Why, why are you including this one? We want to make sure everybody's on the same page. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. I heard a minister say one time that as he had went off to Bible school, that his pastor gave him one piece of advice. One piece. That was it. Not study hard. Not, you know, hey, this is going to be awesome. He gave him one piece of advice as he went off to, to seminary. And it was, <clears throat> watch out for those that talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, when you put this in what we're about to frame out here, then you have this pastor telling this guy who's going to go study the Bible to watch out for those who talk about the Holy Spirit to 
watch out for those who talk about God. Go study God, but go watch out for those who talk about God. That just doesn't fly. And that's why we have to we have to frame this in that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. And you're like, okay, are, 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 are you sure about this? Well, there's a number of the scriptures we just read that totally show us. It's just these easy references that have all three involved in one. Let's go back to John chapter 14, verse 16. And here Jesus is speaking. He says, I will pray the Father, Jesus I, the Father, and he will give you another helper, which is the, the Holy Spirit, which we'll see in verse 26. We've already seen that. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus' name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I said to you. Boom, boom, boom. John fifteen twenty six. And when the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Again, references all along. Then we see here in Luke chapter 3, verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So there's the Father, the, the Father speaking, the Son being baptized, and the Holy Spirit descending there. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, And it says, And therefore, and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, says that then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't it your money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. We have to keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit is sent for our blessing. The Holy Spirit is, wants to be our friend. And the Holy Spirit isn't weird. That we can give ourselves to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to the gifts of the Spirit, to the activity of the Holy Spirit, and not, and not have to, to, for it to be something that, that makes us uncomfortable. That we, can, that we can have something, that a gift that we're going to look at that's the, the word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. God of the Son dropping something in my heart. And I can begin to, to speak and not have to say, the Holy Spirit has revealed this unto me. And have to be all strange about it and just say, you know what? I, I just want to know how you're doing on this still. And just begin to speak. The Holy Spirit is our friend. That's how I would do it if there's somebody else had had given me a tip that I needed to pray for Nat on something, I wouldn't say, oh, and um, my wife, yon beautiful woman, has told me that, no, I wouldn't make it all weird. I wouldn't do it all straight. No, it's just natural. But for some reason, when we embrace the things of the Spirit, we, we're, we're so babies in this area that we, we, we try to couch it and frame it in these bizarre different things but it's just not it should be a natural flow of who we are the gifts of the spirit should be naturally flowing in every area of our lives they should be and they're not saved up just for the church service they're not saved up just for our private use they ought to flow in in just the course of life 
The fruit of the Spirit ought to be manifested in every era. The power of the Holy Spirit ought to be what's sustaining us and carrying us through life. We desperately need, and we need to be aware of the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be looking at a lot of these things. For some reason, this peace has been incredibly divisive in the last 30 years with churches where people have been kicked out of going to churches because of the, what they believed about the Holy Spirit. There have been churches who have just not been able to worship together because of what they believed about the Holy Spirit. And yet this is, this is part of God. This is something Jesus himself sent to us. This is something that we can operate in. That was one of the most wonderful things that I loved. As Cutie and I traveled and we went into churches of all different sorts of denominations, then we began to talk to them about and we, we got to interview the staff and interview the pastors. And we would ask them, well, you know, what is your take on the ministry of the Holy Spirit? What is your take on the gifts of the Spirit? And it was so great that it was just in these churches who had such this life-giving attitude that it was not divisive. There would be people on the same staff that half of them would embrace the, the, the free flow of the gifts of the Spirit, like, like the Holy Spirit providing a prayer language and, and speaking in an unknown tongue. And they would embrace that. And the other half of the um, staff would say, hmm, I'm still kind of on the fence on that. I, I'm not sure. But they're able to operate and be in the spirit of love and acceptance. It wasn't divisive anymore. We so need the opera and allow the freedom for it to, to move in our lives and in churches' lives everywhere jesus said it was good it was so much better it's better for him to be away and the holy spirit to be within us than to him to be standing right here this is big folks this is big this is big right now we want to bring this to a close i appreciate if everybody would just close your eyes provide a quiet moment here 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 provide a quiet